The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. What is up? Welcome to episode 265 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. My name is Jordan White, and I have defeated Alex Fast in Ritual Combat for the honor and privilege of hosting this week's episode. I'm joined here once again by the illustrious and very well-lit Nick Pollock. What Nick, is how's happening? It uh, you know, uh, illustrious and well-lit. I mean, Jordan is in Milwaukee. And we're doing this over StreamYard. I got to put on the good light for you, Jordan. I appreciate and, that. Uh, and I, I'm just so excited... You know, to, to be able to do this podcast with you today, Alex Fast is incredibly busy at the moment, and we didn't want to do nothing, so uh, I reached out to Jordan, Jordan was like, absolutely, and you might know Jordan from the In the Deep podcast that goes out on Monday mornings here on the Pitchos Podcast Network. Uh, you can follow him at bunt underscore singles, or is it just not bunt underscore, singles? Just bunt no singles, underscore. No underscore. You know, I'm not even going to edit that out. Bunt singles. <laughs> Definitely give uh, Jordan a follow. But yeah, Jordan, I'm excited uh, to have you here and I'm excited to talk about pitching with you. It's going to be great. I love it. I'm not used to talking about a lot of the people that you have on the list because usually mm-hmm. I'm talking about guys that are like 80 or below and then like off the list typically. Right. right. So it's going to be interesting to talk about all these people that I literally never read anything about usually. <laughs> yeah, so. it's like, all right, Gar- Garrett Cole drop into four and a couple never other things too. But hey, we'll talk about maybe some Zach Thompson, maybe some Kyle Muller. Maybe a couple other guys, maybe at the end, that uh, you'll feel right at home with. Absolutely. Let's do it. Uh, and then I guess before we want to get going, uh, some other stuff too. Uh, Nick, you do a nice little office hours in the morning, correct? With the Twitch uh, stream? I do. You've actually been there, which is great. 9 a.m. Yeah. to 11 a.m. Monday through Friday. Uh, mornings, two hours. Come on by. I answer every single question thrown my way. It's a wonderful morning crew. We have so many inside jokes now that it's a wonderful thing, and uh, you guys should just be a part of it. It's absolutely free. Twitch.tv slash PitcherList. Come on by. Let's talk some baseball. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you also, during those streams, record the First Pitch podcast, which you, do- you should also check out every day, of course. Absolutely. And uh, you uh, can follow on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. On TikTok, it's Nick Pollock PL. Everywhere else, it's at PitcherList. Do you do like a, an Instagram or TikTok yourself, Jordan? 
I do not have a TikTok account. I, I just know that if I eventually do download TikTok, that it will be such a rabbit hole for me that I will <laughs> cease to function as a human. So, Well, th- there you go. Well, there's one I forgot to mention, and that is YouTube. We actually have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash pitcherlist. I have a pitcher breakdown video Monday through Friday as well. It's about eight minutes long or so, breaking down a pitcher from the day before. So, yeah, check all of that out. But now we got to talk about the list, don't we? We do have to talk about the list. Uh, so starting with tier one here, what do we want to call this? Obviously, it is just one person. All oh, right. Right. Um, I, uh, I know that last week you went with the Hercules tier. Uh, I have an idea for what this should be called. Oh, you do? I do. But I want to see what you come up with first and then give you my option. I came semi-prepared, at least, for this podcast. Oh, I love this. I think I, I, think I did more work on names for tiers than I did on actual, <laughs> like, picture research, to be honest. Oh, yeah, and Fast is like, all right, what's it called? I want to see a squirm. I'm do- I'm doing nothing thinking about this. I have a name. <laughs> okay. Uh, it is uh, it is The One, and it's not Neo. This is the Jet Li movie that is an atrocity. I think it only came out because they wanted to profit off of The Matrix and call something The One. It's it's a terrible movie, but all I can think of is uh, Jacob Degrom at the top of the like the the heap of people fighting them off as he holds on to the number one title. So this is the sort of thing where like you're at the store and you're like, "Mom, can we get the Matrix?" And your mom's like, <laughs> "We have the Matrix at home." It's Jet Li's the one, absolutely. That's exactly Great. it. I've never seen that movie, and I'm kind Don't. of glad that I haven't. I should yeah, no. Okay, cool. Yeah, definitely not. What, what was your title for this? So mine was uh, Washboard washboard the washboard tier because essentially last week you called him hercules correct i did yes and you know there's gonna be a bunch of jokers out there they're gonna be like oh he gave up two runs in his last start he's washed well no he's washboard because he's still hercules oh, right. on those beautiful so, abs I love that I, lo- I think that that's fantastic it was a three era i so washed up oh my god how dare he go six i mean and two and runs oh what a crazy shame. yeah but uh, but the, the exciting one, of course, is tier two, and I do not have a name, but uh, who's in that tier? So in that tier, we have Yu Darvish, Max Scherzer, Garrett Cole, who dropped down to four. We'll talk about that in a second. And then going down the list here, Brandon Woodruff, Zach Wheeler, Lucas Giolito, Clayton Kershaw, Lance Lynn, Walker Bueller, Carlos Rodon, Kevin Gaussman, Trevor Bauer, and Corbin Burns. So the only movement that happened in this tier was up at the top at two, three, and four, right? So we've got Yu Darvish moving up to two, Scherzer to three, and then Garrett Cole dropping to four. Okay, uh, I'm gonna say I got I got this I got this I, I'm gonna okay. call them the Penelope suitors. Okay, because I these are no all clue. these are all of the people who are trying to be number one, essentially Odysseus, and they, you know there's a lot. Okay, the twenty years you're gone you're gone away at war for twenty years. You're gonna have a lot of very suitable suitors, and they're all trying to take that number one spot from the ground, but they just can't do it yet. There you go. Can anyone? Can anyone really? Well, I mean, can anyone be Odysseus? I don't, I don't think so. Absolutely not. Uh, right. So my things that I have down here is even so my only like little bugaboo with it is that I know you moved Garrett Cole down to four because he had a pretty poor performance, gave up three home runs in his last start. He got knocked around a bit. I'm kind of flashing back to fast talking about last week, how people are very focused on upcoming schedules. Sure. So looking at the upcoming schedule here for... Garrett Cole, he's got the Mets and the Mariners next, so he's kind of got like a kind of nice little reprieve from the tougher offenses that he's faced in recent history. Does that give you any incentive to move him up, or are you just looking at the performance that he actually had? 
Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, and it's a very good argument as to Nick, come on. You know he's going to do well on those two good starts moving forward. That's a, that's a fantastic point. Uh, the pushback I have is when it comes to schedule, for the most part, it's actually about the, uh, the outside of the top 50 or so. Uh, because it's essentially just like how it is in the beginning of the season, uh, in the in preseason, where the first 40 lists or so are about rest of season. And it's about those are the ones you want to focus on. You want to get, I, I would say you want to get five guys that you really trust, really four or five that you trust in the top yeah. 40 or so. And then after that, you expect to churn some arms a bit. Hopefully some of them stick. You, know, you have your Carlos Redons, you have your uh, Freddie Peraltas, Trevor Rogers, etc. Exactly. Uh, but, but that's when schedule matters, where I need to be going after guys that will help me now and maybe do things that showcase the skills to so that I keep them after. So when it comes to Garrett Cole versus Darvish and Scherzer, no, this is for the next three months and change. So it doesn't really matter about their upcoming schedule. So you look way, way, way up further this, out in advance. Then. This is 100% rest of season as opposed to like the next two weeks. And again, like you said, kind of like that back half of the list is where you're kind of finding those people that you're picking up and sort of like cycling through and trying to find the, uh, the good now as opposed to the rest of season sort of people. Exactly, and that's where schedule yeah. becomes a major, major player. Got it, got it, got it. Okay, uh, and then I guess anything you want to touch on with either you, Darvish, or Max Scherzer in regards to their recent performances here? I mean, Scherzer, last four starts, he's led a total of three earned runs, which is kind of nuts. Uh, I will actually, you know what, I'll say three because there is that one third of an inning, so I really shouldn't count that one. That's true. Yeah, against that's true. the Giants, that's not fair. He got pulled early. But uh, Scherzer has just been a rock. I mean, he hasn't allowed uh, more than two runs since uh, April 27th. And, and that's a wonderful thing. There is a little bit of that concern with the back, but the fact that he returned and he was fine is all gravy. And for you, Darvish, it might surprise you that only twice since that opening day start where he had four and runs, only twice has he allowed more than two and runs the entire season. Uh, so you should feel pretty good about this. And by the way, the two starts he had that were more than two and runs were at Coors and at Houston. Uh, not, you know, so, yeah. if you want to talk about schedule, that's, there it is right there. Not ideal uh, uh, scenarios to be in if you want to limit your run, yeah, uh, your exactly. run total. Yeah, for sure. So, so Darvish is dope and you should feel dope. Excellent. And then is there anyone else that you want to touch on before we move on to tier three here? No, it's kind of lame. Just, I didn't yeah, touch anything. No movement. Nothing. Yeah. You know, I will say Kershaw had an amazing game. We had a golden goal with 26 whiffs, which is really cool. It's yes. no Patrick Sandoval. The Irish Panada. <laughs> the Panada. But, uh, blame, the Panada. Blame Panada. I know. It's <laughs> Oh, man. I, I can't wait to actually use that in context once. Uh, but no, everyone else has done super well. And look, like I got, I saw on Reddit that people were upset that I moved Cole down a little bit, but only to four while Trevor Bauer is all the way at 13. And it's for the same yeah. reasoning, right? You put down Bauer for the spin rate stuff, but you're not doing it with Cole. And I understand that uh, the pushback I have, or the reason why, I should say, that I don't have them closer um, it is the same tier for what it's worth. Uh, it's not like yeah. I'm saying they're totally different. It's just a lot of really good suitors for Penelope. Uh, Garrett Cole, I I think his stuff is still just great. And I think that his repertoire and his approach speaks to better performance overall. While Bauer, I think, leaned a little bit too much on the spin rate stuff. Um, and actually, Zach Hayes has a really good article that came out today about Trevor Bauer isn't hasn't returned to the uh, before sticky stuff spin rates that we expected. And it's kind of weird. Um, so we'll definitely be monitoring that. Maybe Trevor Barrican is doing something or has learned something that uh, is keeping those up to keep him effective. So definitely monitor that moving forward. I wonder what his secret is. Hmm. I wonder. We'll see. Wonder, wonder. Uh, so then, yeah, let's uh, let's move on to tier three then. Uh, what is this one called, Nick? 
You know, uh, can I have the country of origin? Uh, country of origin? <laughs> uh, it's, it's French. Origin's French. Can you tell me the, the people who are listed in the tier as I stall for time? <laughs> who's in it? Who's in it, Jordan? Who's in tier three? Oh, who's in it? Sorry. Okay. Uh, yes. Sorry. It's uh, Trevor. Ro- <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I was distracted. Uh, Trevor Rogers, Freddie Peralta, Framber Valdez, Robbie Ray, Max Freed, Julio Urias, Sandy Alcantara, Joe Musgrove, Pablo Lopez, and Lance McCullers. Which is uh, the biggest mover in that crew? Mm, that's right. He's a he's a plus seven in this one. Okay, so yes. uh, I want to say this is like the the Ravenclaw tier. They're not quite um, Gryffindor, right? They're not all the way down to the Slytherin one. But no one no one really wants to be like a Hufflepuff. You want to be a Ravenclaw, right? And I feel like they've always been like the number two house when people talk about Harry Potter. So there you go. That's the uh, that's that's the Ravenclaw tier. Nothing wrong with Hufflepuff. I just you know, this is just what was, I've been told. I was gonna say you're gonna get a lot of uh, very <laughs> <laughs> very forget forgetfully worded tweets and emails from all the Hufflepuff folks. We know that they're all the uh, all the pot smokers of the uh, Hogwarts house. I mean, Hufflepuffs are the are the you know they're the interesting ones, right? And, and Ravenclaws are the ones that like they they feel like they should have been Gryffindors, but they're like, all right, fine. You you go do the heroic things. We'll go and be like the amazing academic people who change the world. Fine. We'll chronicle all of your exploits, essentially. Yeah, what they're gonna and do. be and be amazing and like fine. We don't have that, but we're still really really amazing. That that's tier three. Love it. Okay, so in this tier, obviously, so the one thing that I wanted to look at is like last week you had a very small tier that was uh, tier three of Trevor Rogers, Freddie Peralta, Fran Bravaldez, and Max Freed. And then you flip-flopped Robbie Ray and Max Freed and then made this a larger tier this week. So yes. do you want to walk me through why you did that? Yeah, okay. It's really close. And last week I was like, you know what? I can do this nice, beautiful little thing, put it in a bow of all of the aces going to ace people in one tier. Yep. Right? And I try as much as I can to do that. At the same time, I've been going back and forth with this. Some people want it some people don't and i'm more open now where it's and understand this is the rest of season ranking the ace is gonna ace label which yep. i gotta say i love the fact that this is like a whole thing is about like it do they have the ace is gonna ace label or not which honestly don't it was only created because i was lazy like i didn't want to write something <laughs> i didn't for every ace on the sp roundup so i needed a phrase to be like you know he's great like can i please not spend another two minutes writing about how amazing clean kershaw is so i was like all right ace is gonna ace you know this let's move on and now it's like does he have the label does he not so i the, the, my reasoning here is that julio urias joe musgrove pablo lopez lance mccullers they all do not have the ace is gonna ace label mm-hmm. but i think it's something that i'm buying that over time they will get it so it's not about like a lot of these aces gonna ace labels are because of the past and if you guys know the list it's about the future who cares about this isn't a report of what happened over the past three months it's about what basing from that what can we pull from it to make us say like hey this is what we think for the next three months so i'm thinking that these guys have the talent to be aces gonna ace guys and uh, that's why they're in the same tier today fair enough uh and then kind of with Freed, I didn't know if there was any sort of inspiration. The fact that he had the blister and he was out for a bit. Did that affect your your call it, here as well? It did a little bit. It was also the fact that Robbie Ray is just so dope. <laughs> He's been I, it, great pants crazy. too. Great pants. Of course. Hot pants. And hot pants. Uh, that's that's his new new nickname, of course. Robbie Hot Pants Ray. Hot uh, Pants Ray. Yeah. Oh, wow. absolutely. I love it. 
Um, but I, but he's just been so fantastic. And I found myself feeling like, no, I would want Robbie Ray when he's doing with the strikeout rates and everything and keeping the same ratios as Freed has been over him. Um, and not to mention Robbie Ray did just get his ace is going to ace. Uh, and it just felt it just felt kind of right. And I will, I mean, obviously the fact that like Freed just was on the IL, he's coming back later this week. That's nice to see, but it's, you know, there's a little bit more of a hesitation now. So Ray got the nod. Fair enough. Okay. And then moving down to the bottom of this tier, let's talk a bit about Lance McCullers and why you moved him up seven spots this week. Uh, Lance McCullers is just recovering from being on the IL. There's some question mm-hmm. about his pitch counts and would he get back into uh, finding his secondaries. And it was good. He found a slider. And he doesn't really need both his slider and his curveball. But Lance McCullers is one of the two. Things are grand. And he had a slider over the weekend. That's good enough for me. I believe the curveball will be returning at some point because it's Lance McCullers. And if there's anything you want to know about him is that he has a curveball more times than not. It's an amazing one. So expect that to return. And he's just... You're going to start him every single time you have him at this point moving forward. It's a little bit worse than the others where he doesn't go, say, at least have the like the ceiling to go seven innings or six innings are really just what we want. And we got five and two thirds of the weekend, for example. He's not the most efficient yeah. pitcher. But I do feel that his strikeout rate is amazing and he has a lot of potential to have give you an excellent array and a pretty solid whip, too. So you should feel pretty happy about Lance McCullers. He's clearly the bottom one here of this tier, though. I can see that. Yeah, for sure. And then, I mean, like his pitch counts, he went 94 and 89 pitches in his last two starts. So not like he's not being limited too much in that regard. But like you said, he's really, really inefficient. But I will say going back to that slider, his past two games, the swinging strike rate for that slider was 25 percent against the White Sox and 28 percent against Mm. Detroit, which is what you like to see. So, I mean, I'm really uh, the fact that, like you said, if he has one of his breakers working on any given day, it gives him a little bit more uh, viability from week to week and from start to start. So, yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, it was interesting. His uh, his slider had a 40 percent CSW in this last start of a 25 thrown, but 16 curveballs and just a 19 percent CSW. I'm like, ah, I want that back. I I want it back, especially against Detroit. But I mean, it was there last time before that against the White Sox and. Uh, like McCullers surprisingly has only really had one blow up this year. Um, and that was on the 14th of April. Otherwise every single game has been three runs or fewer, which is great. And the strikeout production has been there as well. 26% K rate, but it might surprise you to hear it's a 294 year rate and a 117 whip so far for McCullers. And I don't really see it slowing down. Yeah. And he was someone that fast was really high on last year, if I remember correctly. Right. Absolutely. In the yeah. Season. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the new slider, and I'm really happy to see that it's turned up. And I will say, over the years with the colors, it's been mostly just the knuckle curve, and we've been searching for something else to, to complement it. Maybe it was a changeup at times. The fastball wasn't bad in some times. It actually was really good in a season. But he never really had another proper uh, complement, and having the slider changes everything because the colors can go through starts with just the curveball. The question was always when the curveball isn't there, what is to keep him afloat? And now it's the slider. So it makes things a lot better for McCullers. Perfect. Awesome. Let's move on now to tier four. So I will give you a buffer here once again, so you can figure oh, out a name for you. this tier. I'll remember this time and I won't just pause awkwardly <laughs> for like seven seconds, not realizing that you're talking to me. <laughs> so starting the top of this tier, we have Sean Manaya who moves up two spots this week, followed by Shohei Otani, Charlie Morton, Kyle Gibson, who is up eight more spots. That prophecy of Alex saying last week that, Kyle Gibson might make top 20 eventually. We're getting closer to that. We're, get, we're getting closer. <laughs> and we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. And then the last three here in this tier are Aaron Nola, who moved up eight spots this week after tanking very hard last week. And then Yusei Kikuchi and Tyler Molly. So okay. uh, 
Who do you really want to focus on here? And what do you want to call this tier, Nick? All right. This is the Wicked Witch tier because they're looking in the mirror and they're saying who is the fairest of them all because they are pitching like they are the best ones. I mean, we're talking Sean Manaya throwing 92-93 now, which is unbelievable. He's been on such a mm-hmm. great tear. It's been fantastic. It's Shohei Otani, guys. Hi. You're awesome. Uh, you, guys, you might be surprised at how good Charlie Morton has been as, as of late. Uh, it's pretty remarkable, and I, I hope that that will continue moving forward. I mean, it should continue moving forward. Kyle Gibson just had 10 strikeouts and 20 whiffs in a start, and I haven't seen it yet. I just, I've just i been considering Gibson as a Vargas rule because essentially because he's not really a strikeout guy and it's going to end and yeah. what does he do seven innings 10 strikeouts it's like all right yeah you're great this is cool um some people might want Aaron Nola higher though i uh, and he had that amazing start 12 strikeouts against the Mets i'm really sorry yeah. to say i can't do that because he's was bad for so long and Yes, it was one good start and then bad start then this really great start, but I still need to see more before I really start pushing him back up again. Kind of like how I treated Lucas Giolito. It took like three weeks yep. for us to really get back. Now he's top 10, and I think Nola can have that same trajectory as long as he keeps this up. Um, but uh, I, I am curious. I mean, you you certainly have, have talked about Kikuchi on In the Deep, correct? Because he was we deep had at first. early on. We did, yeah, I mean, he was not at – well, I – in the preseason, we talked about him a bit, I believe. I don't think we actually ever talked about him in any regular season episodes. Um, but he was someone that both Schwebzy and I were high on, basically because we got hyped up by Mikey Ahedo. Okay. Because he, right. was, yeah. he was uh, and talking about his uh, cutter. Right. And everything like that. Because, I mean, it's an excellent, well, last year at least, it looked like he had some excellent peripheral data to it. But it hasn't been quite as good this year as it was last year, it seems like. Well, the cutter, um, I mean, and the cutter's been a strike pitch for him, though. It's about a 70% yes. strike strike offering. And the fact that he can lead on that more than his four-seamer and slider Which is, not is great. think of it. Well, think of it as like his primary heater, right? Flip the script a little on, on how he's using this stuff because the, the cutter essentially is your, okay, I need a strike. Oh, oh, here you go. And then four-seamer actually has a 12% swing strike rate, which is pretty solid. And then all of a sudden he has a slider that has a 37.5% swing uh, CSW, a 46% O swing, and a 55% zone rate. That is a money pitch, and I can't Heavily. press the button, and I'm so sad that I can't. But uh, just seeing seeing his four-seamer have a 34% CSW and the slider having a 37.5 is wonderful. Tim, you're going to bring me on as a guest on this podcast, and you're not going to play the ka-ching sound effect? I- I'm so Are sorry. You? I don't have the soundboard set up for StreamYard. I don't. I just. I just don't. I got to do it one day. That was one the whole reason I, I said. You, that was the whole reason I, I said yes to this. <laughs> <laughs> got to get the soundboard. I, I got to wanted- increase it too. I have like five sounds right now. I really only use four of them. I don't use like the crack of the bat. I think my favorite one right now is the one that's me saying I messed up, which is a good one. It's top notch. That is, that is a good one. Do you have a uh, higher dirt? Higher dirt. I, I gotta get higher dirt on here. I, okay, I do. get that on there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I would soon. love that one. Soon I'll get high Hey, if you're curious <laughs> about the soundboard, you should watch the Twitch stream. Go and do yes, that at 9 to 11 in the morning. But anyway, uh, when it comes to Kikuchi, he's just doing too well right now. Uh, I mean, yeah. so many pitchers are on these fantastic runs right right now at this, at this moment. I mean, we're talking seven earned runs over Kikuchi's last six starts. That That's, that's incredible. Play. Yeah, that, uh, that's amazing. He's going deep constantly. Two of his last three have been at least seven innings. Ugh. Amazing. 
Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, he's someone that I'm very happy that I have in my TGFBI squad. Although I did sit him against, I believe it was the most recent White Sox start because the White Sox pre like earlier in the season had been mashing lefties. And I was like, I just want to fade that just as it like, but no, that was a big mistake. Yeah. I mean, he did have four walks in that game, but still had a 1.2 whip with six strikeouts and one run and a win. Yeah. yeah. Don't doubt. Yeah. Don't doubt at this point. He's a, he's not number 30. And the last one there is Tyler Molly, who just hasn't yep. been as consistent as we want him to be. I mean, it's not that he's been necessarily bad, but he has been more volatile than I'd like. Uh, he had a moment where he didn't have his four-seamer. Tyler Molly got out of that, but the, it just hasn't been smooth sailing for a bit. It's, it's Three of his last four have been at least 300 runs. Two have been four in runs. But the strikeouts are still alive. I mean, we're talking a 30% strikeout rate for the season. Uh, and he's just solid, and you'll find with him, you'll start him pretty much every time out, but it just has been a little bit rockier than the others. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on to Tier 5. Once again, giving you more time to think of a name for this, this tier. Is so, Here we go, Nick. This is so I'm gonna go, massive, I'm gonna, though. I'm, I'm going to read these names fast. This is the oh biggest tier. This is, four, this is 14 names, Nick. Oh, my God. Yeah, okay. So at least you have the most time you will have to think of a name for this uh-huh. tier. All right, so <laughs> in this tier, we have Ian Anderson, Jose Barrios, Hyunjin Ryu, Zach Gallon, Taiwan Walker, Chris Bassett, Tarek Skubal, Dylan Cease, Shane McClanahan, Zach Grinke, Luis Castillo, Jose Urquidy, Luis Garcia, and Marcus Stroman. Uh, a couple big fallers in this section for sure. Let's talk oh, about yeah. those in a second. But Nick, please, the name for the tier. The tier is named Hot Wheels. Hot Wheels. Okay. Because, because they no. go very... You know, they're very fast and electric, but they go in circles. They're going up and down. They're going through loops where there are times when they're doing great and there are times that are not. And we're just hoping, we're just hoping that we can win that race with these guys. But we just don't know. Hey, Nick, I got a better name for this tier. Do you now? I call it Little Caesars. Why do you call it Little Caesars? A lot of times they seem like they're hot and ready. But know what? A lot of times it's kind of a big regret, too. Mm, There we go. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. I've never actually had Little Caesars pizza. I've had it twice. Okay. Uh, I will Scale say one to seventeen. One to, well, okay, okay. So I've had it two different times, <laughs> and it's important to note that the one time that I had it, I was stone cold sober. The other time, I had had a few drinks with friends. Okay. Sure. That the second time it was better, if mm. that gives you any perspective. The other time it was very much not fun. Man, I I, I just I mean I I I, I like where you're getting at with this, um, but my my boy, I mean sorry, my my gal. Zach Gallon is in here, and I, I just feel wrong. You know, he's more of a Hot Wheel than 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 a cold pizza. Pizza, pizza's around. It's kind of like a wheel of sorts, right? <laughs> it's a stretch. It's a stretch. Um, <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll run. I'll run through this pretty quickly. I mean, is there anyone here that you see this and you're like, Nick? Well, that's wrong. The- not necessarily wrong. Just people that I'm kind of interested in hearing what your perspective is. So Hyunjin Ryu dropped 12 spots. Yes. What is your reasoning for dropping him? Because okay, he is so, like, I mean, up until the seventh inning in this last start that he had against the O's, he was pitching fairly well. He was giving up a fair amount of hard contact, mm-hmm. but he didn't take any damage until he got knocked out in that seventh inning. So what's what's the deal here? Okay, so the major, major problem I'm having with Ryu this year overall is that his O swing has dropped uh, significantly. Um, 2017 through 2020, we're talking about hovering like a 49% O swing or so. Uh, 46% was the lowest in 2020. This year it's 42%, and I think it's damaging him a lot. It's why you see the batting average allowed at 250 
uh, for the season as opposed to sub 200 numbers for each of the past three seasons for Ryu's changeup. Uh, the cutter has also been this major pitch for him. It's why he was able to stave off major regression in 2020 for Ryu. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he had a 31% CSW in 2020 with it, with a 16% called strike rate. Those called strikes have gone way down. Uh, we're talking 9% now. Uh, that's Oof. led to a 23% CSW. And when you think of Ryu, you don't really think of his fastball having to do all the work, but it's had to this year. It has a 37% CSW, but that's a 30% called strike rate. And if there's anything you want to know about oh, like swing strike rate, called strike rate, CSW and stuff, the number one unsustainable thing is fastball called strike rates. Those take a lot longer to get sticky. Those are, especially in a short term, if you, if you heard me talk about, say, like Dane Dunning earlier in the season, having a good start or two, it was yep. heavy on sinkers inside the zone as called strikes. And those just don't really do it start to start. Some gays days guys are just passive so that's how Ryu has gotten his CSW and his effectiveness so far and that's scary to me I I want someone to have his changeup back and his cutter back and I haven't really seen that I mean last two starts for example uh, we have three of 27 whiffs on his changeup a 17% uh, CSW and the one before that 6.5% CSW on his changeup on this 15th against the Yankees uh, and before that against the White Sox we're talking a 23% CSW it's just not it's just not the same. I mean, we're talking low O yeah. swings in all of these, uh, save for that start against Baltimore. But it's just Ryu is not the guy that we were thinking he was before. And I, I gave him kind of the benefit of the doubt from a solid beginning of the season. But yeah, the changeup has been gone for a bit. The cutter hasn't really been enough to supplement it. And I don't think he can survive with this four seamer situation. So I'm waiting for those secondaries to return. And until then, you've announced it to 34. This could go farther than this, too. So hopefully he can recover soon. Excellent. Okay. And then obviously you said you like Zach Allen. You're a gallon gal. I am. As we both know, you dropped him six spots. Is that simply because he doesn't have the pitch count? Uh, it's not, it's not the pitch count. He had 84 pitches against the Padres, which is wonderful on Sunday. That's more than I thought he had. Okay. Right. I didn't, I didn't realize that as well at first with 4.2 innings. Uh, but I remember like, Oh, we got 44 pitches. You want to wikes is inefficient without the secondaries that he normally has his changeup. Yep. Is the pitch. Uh, if you if you want to think about Zach Allen in secondaries, I mean, 2020, this had a 36% CSW. It was a money pitch, 23% swing strike rate, 43% O swing, 40% zone. It was wonderful. Gorgeous. 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 <laughs> and this year, ooh, not so much. 23% CSW so far this year. And this last start at a 10% across 10 thrown. That is not the Zach Gallon that we want. His cutter didn't do enough either. It's really the secondaries aren't coming back. Now, I will say, essentially he's doing his rehab in the majors as opposed to in the minors, right? And essentially now it's three yes. starts in. That's generally when they return back, right? Maybe two or three. And the last thing generally that comes back when it comes to doing the rehab starts are feels for your secondary pitches. Hopefully Gallon gets that back soon. I think he will. I'm not think I'm not gonna say like, oh no, the changeup is gone for the season now or the secondaries yeah. are too. That just doesn't seem right at all. He's up to the good pitch count, uh, you know, above 80 pitches now. Great. Uh, he's at 35 now. I made, I dropped him six because he isn't quite there yet. And guys like Barrios and Anderson and Kikuchi, yeah, they deserve more love. But Gallon should be returning there soon. I imagine one or two starts and everyone's happy with Gallon again. Perfect. And then uh, I guess the last person that I want to kind of look at here is obviously the drop with Marcus Stroman. Is that related to his hip issue that he had? 
Oh yeah, definitely. He was yeah. out of rhythm over the weekend, and the cap, yeah, like the ceiling, the ceiling of Marcus Strom isn't that great. I mean, I say that like we see all the guys in the thirties or the top thirty, I should say, and they all have legitimate top ten potential. You know, if they perform at their peak consistently, then it's amazing. Marcus Stroman, I don't think has a strikeout rate to do that. So no. it's already a limited ceiling as it is. Uh, Stroman was playing at that peak. So I put him around, uh, I think it was actually 25 because we had all these injured guys and everything. Yeah. And these guys underperforming. And now Stroman hits, you know, ends a start early, comes back, has the hip soreness, isn't quite the same. He's not, he's out of rhythm now. This is a problem. I bring him down to 45 because of that. Nothing. Okay. And I think he also, in that start, if I remember correctly, he was leaving his splitter up a lot in that start as well. So that doesn't sound not, good. That's not, not able to, lo- not able to locate that. Obviously it's going to help things either. Uh, but yeah, let's move on to tier six here. So this is a shorter one next. So you got to come up with the name much faster this time. Oh no. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> so in this tier we have Blake Snell, Kyle Hendricks, Anthony DiSclefani, Tony Disco, uh, Wayno, Adam Rain- Wainwright, and then Alec Manoa and Chris Paddock. Okay, so this is this is the um, I the wall posters. So like, you know, you're you're a teenager, and they they have these people have like posters on their wall of like, oh, I'm Blake Snell, and all I want to be is is Carlos Rodon. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have you have Kyle Hendricks. Oh, all I want to be is is Zach Wheeler. And Anthony Scafani. Yeah. This is the angsty going. teenager. This is the angsty teenager. Yeah. But, is what it but is. It, it, it just all of them have posters on the wall of those that they dream of and they want to be one day. Speaking of dreaming to be something more, uh, you dropped Blake Snell down three spots this week, which after his last start was interesting. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I, I, I imagine innings. a lot of hate for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and I think this is going to be your most uh, hotly debated choice to move him down. Why Why did you do that? I guess that's the one that's probably going to get the most flack. So why did you choose to move him down here? Well, I mean, I, I, I saw people saying to me, Nick, like, Jose Arquiti's been so great. Like, how is he still in the low 40s? I was like, you know, I kind of agree. This is why I put him over Blake Snell. Same with Luis Garcia. And I had to also put uh, Castillo over Blake Snell. And I had to move a lot of guys above Blake Snell. At the same time, One start from Blake Snell, five innings, so it wasn't incredibly efficient, and only five strikeouts in that. Yes, it was against the Dodgers. They did recently get no hit after all, so there's some volatility in that offense too with Zach Davies and company. Uh, So Blake Snell, yeah, I don't know if I trust one start here from you. You got to give me a little bit more than that for me to actually push you back up the list. So he's at 46 now, and I didn't actually, I don't think, move him. I more moved people ahead of him instead. And luckily for you, I actually did read the notes. Yes, on the, on the you top one hundred. So I know exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what you wrote there. So that way, if you are upset with what Nick did by moving Blake's moving Blake Snell down, it wasn't so much that Blake Snell got moved down as that other people got moved up. Exactly, it's because other people were doing yeah. well. So don't give him so, too much flack. You know, there, I mean, a- that's that's asking a lot of the internet, but <laughs> just don't give Nick too much flack. Well, there's a part of me that doesn't even want to have the rankings on the right because it's all relative. Just just like look at yeah. this. And, you know, it, sometimes it helps understand the trends of guys. But for yeah. some, like Snell, again, I didn't move him. I didn't. It, it's just other guys are great. And I want to just give the positivity of those as opposed to the negative of Snell. 
Exactly. Love it. Okay. Let's, uh, is there anyone else you want to cover here or talk or touch on in tier six? I mean, Chris Baddock falling nice spots is a little disappointing. Uh, he had two really yeah. nice outings. He had 97 mile per hour fastball. Yeah. Chase exactly. into the other. And then it wasn't there for either pitch and it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it's not though. It could, it could turn around. Right. You know, maybe I have him on multiple teams and I really wish that oh, he no. would. Oh, man. I really wish he would. Uh, but I, I, I remember the offseason really feeling like, yeah, Chris Pat could turn it around. Yeah. Yeah. And it just has not been the season that we I love having. I, I love the offseason, just having that youthful optimism oh. and just getting slapped directly in the face like three weeks into the season. Like that what? was a dumb choice. <laughs> what do you Welcome think? to the real world. Yeah, exactly. I oh, it's such wonderful optimism. This is why opening day is the best. Um, really what do you is. think his ERA is this season? I just checked for the I like I don't check ERAs and whips like at all. I just, I just ERA. Yeah, I just follow kind of trends and everything. And what do you think? I really, I know, right? I, this is this I, why I was. I asking. could not tell you to be completely honest. I would say that it's probably like, is it like four point three? Uh, it's four oh nine. So that's pretty good. Okay. Uh, that's a okay. pretty good guess. Uh, whip at 127, 25% K rate, and a 6% walk rate. So I mm. would imagine if you're looking at his FIP, um, I'm not, I don't have his bad or anything ahead, but essentially if you have a good K per walk like that, generally that means that you're going to have a good FIP or Sierra. And what do you know? FIP is 352, uh, 368 Sierra. Oh, no. Actually, what? Why is our ERA way different than than the actual ERA. This is um hmm. What uh what is it? Uh oh. Well <laughs> <laughs> I also before oh, no. I was gonna go I was gonna go look at Charlie Morton's uh pitcher page and it has what? batting stats on there too. There's oh, yeah, a, there's I, an yeah. Error, yeah. There's oh, a couple yeah. there like that. But huh. why yeah. do we have a four oh nine? we'll we'll look into this, guys. We'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. Something something's happened. Uh, maybe there were some unearned runs or something like that that were changed. Anyway, I uh, no. Paddock says four sixty four. So, all right, but three fifty two FIP is is the same thing, the same caper walk and all that kind of th- stuff. So, it doesn't really matter. It's all about the pitch metrics, and hopefully yeah. Chris Paddock can get back to it soon. Absolutely. All right, and then let's move on to tier seven. Another shorter one here, Nick. So I'm not going to give you a lot of time to think of something. We got. At the top of this one, Kenta Maeda, who's up three spots, uh, Wade Miley, Patrick Sandoval, uh, Blame Panada, <laughs> correct? Uh, Jake Odorizzi, Casey Mize, and then Alex Wood in the last spot in this tier. Okay. So what do we call this one? Oh, man. Um, I'm going to call it the the Rusty Playground. Ooh. that's that's ominous and also very i i that just like literally ripped a memory out of my brain from being like seven years old and going down a slide that i probably definitely shouldn't have and just like getting metal shavings well, into the back well, of my that's calves ex- that's exactly right these guys are very tempting oh no these are these are like you see that and there's a part of you that you know instills joy right like you see that and it's just fun and great times but there's also like if you keep trusting Alex, Alex Wood, like you might get, you know, you, might, you need to make sure you have your tetanus shot or something. I was going to say, like, this sounds like I'm going to cr- crawl across the monkey bars, <laughs> swing across. And I'm just going to go. I do I have to go to the hospital because I have tetanus now. This is great. 
You know, it's uh, so so that's that's what we're talking about here. I mean, they're oh, like man. I'm excited for all of them, and you know, I can look at this playground and think like, what if we just put in the resources to reinvigorate this place, uh. right? But uh, I mean, look at this, Kenta Maeda. Like, we don't know how he's going to do today against the uh, I believe it's the White Sox, and I'm just terrified. Splitter was good one time, Slider was good another, and I don't know yep. what we're going to get. Uh, Wade Miley has just been kind of amazing. He's, he's been pretty solid cool. all year. It feels like. But uh, we kind of all don't believe it's going to last forever, right? It uh, seems too good. It seems too good to be true, really. Exactly. Uh, Patrick Sandoval. I mean, it's our boy, the Irish Panda. Um, he's been great, but there's a reason why he wasn't great before, and I just hope that won't happen again. His changeup wasn't yeah. there over the weekend. That was a major thing for this. This push. The slider corrected. Like I was like, oh man, changeup's not good. All right, slider, you got this, and it really did step up, which is great. I, it hasn't really much before. It just seemed like a you know he was able to stave off uh, sadness essentially, and hopefully he can keep it that way. Yes, Jacob Rizzi, It's very strange. I love what he's doing. It feels like 2019 Jacob Rizzi again. But uh, are the Astros going to let him do the thing? It's a sick man's rotation. There's a stipulation yeah. in his contract, and just feels like he's not. I mean, even back in 2019, Jacob Rizzi was still like a 360 array. It wasn't like a sub three or something. So I don't know. We'll, we'll He's good, I mean, not I, great. Right. And yeah. like 12 teamers, I'm happy with Odorizzi's getting these lovely matchups. So we keep starting mm-hmm. for that. But it's like, okay. Casey Mize. How do you feel about Casey Mize, Jordan? Don't uh, do it. Don't do it. Don't do what? what, what? <laughs> Nothing. Okay. Sorry, what? And I don't know what you're talking what, about. Yeah, yeah. Of course not. Yeah. Was I going was I, was I to do something? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> I'm mostly just hoping for Casey Mize's success just so I can beat Schwebzy in the board bet that we have. Oh, what's that? So I have a board bet that I made at the beginning of the year before Matt Manning got called up even saying that Scooble, Mize, and Manning would combine for 25 wins this year. Oh, wow. At least? or At least okay. 25. 25 so or more. Where are we at now? Uh, I don't actually know. Okay. I just know that Scooble and Mize have actually looked like marginally good recently. Oh, yeah. So absolutely. I'm excited about that. Uh, and also Manning, his fastball is overperforming compared to what I expected it would. But oh, yeah. I still have the most hope for him as like a long-term uh, starting pitching option okay, in terms well, of like dynasty leagues and things like that. But I mean, Mize, he throws a splitter, right? Oh, wait, yes. He's got a splitter. It's a fastball, slider, splitter. Yes. Yeah. So I know that you had issues with him last year because splitters are a very volatile pitch, correct? They are. If you're they're, they're, if splitters are your number two, I'm a little worried. Exactly. But now he has that slider, so his profile is much more appealing to me. It is. This is very true. This is why Mize is only top 60. The, the yes. biggest fear I have is the slider not performing as well as it currently has. I think he got lucky against mm-hmm. that Astros game. That was weird. I mean, that was abs- no, no, no one was making him start in that situation. No one was yeah. putting them in their starting lineup for that start. It, yeah, that was insane. That wasn't uh, supposed to work. So I, I will say, by the way, you're at 10 wins so far. Ten uh, which, which actually kind of works because essentially you just need five from each of them the rest of the way. Yes. And you got this. That's it. Just five wins. Five wins over that. what? Like 12 starts each. Right? That, that's like that. going to It's going to happen. Of course. I'm going to put that energy into the universe right there now. There it is. Right now. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, but yeah, Casey Mize, we, uh, he feels more like a Toby. Maybe actually like a Vargas rule right now. And that's fine. And lastly, there's yeah. Alex Wood who I, I know that he just did really well, and everyone's probably upset they got negative one. But actually, I mean, this was conscious because uh, a conscious decision. 
Because Alex Wood hasn't had his elite slider for like three, four weeks now. And that's terrifying because the only reason Alex Wood yeah. got on our radar was because he was throwing 91.5 or even 92 at times. Yep. And he's still kind of keeping that, but then it was pairing with an elite slider, and the changeup has been was very bad early on. He did do well over the weekend for the slider, but just like I was talking with Pandaval, a Pandaval. Oh Pandaval. my lord! <laughs> ah, that's a new one. Let's just cycle that one right in. I mean, Pandaval. Oh, honestly, no. that's I think that's better than the originals, <laughs> to be completely honest. The Pandaval. Yep, yep, that makes a lot of sense. Um. For the Irish the band of Patrick Sandoval, together. always does. The um, Irish band of all. <laughs> the same idea with with band of all that the slider <laughs> like cover the changeup. I with with Wood the changeup cover the slider, and I'm a little bit worried about that. So it feels like a trap to me. Yeah, I could agree with that. Uh, I was pretty high on Alex Wood earlier, like you said, when that slider was working. But again, I have been keeping him on my bench in my deeper leagues now because I don't want to take the chance. So. Yeah, I agree with your uh, your dropping of him here, at least oh, one spot. Oof. Yeah. I mean, he just had eight strikeouts, and I was like, "What?" I was like, "No." Yeah, That's my just... conversation. There it is. That's the analysis. <laughs> They're like, "Yeah," I'm like, "No." Like, ah. <laughs> Those, these are the internal monologues we have or dialogues we have with ourselves really every is. single day as fantasy analysts. Ab- just like, absolutely. Uh, yep. Should yep. I? Yep. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's move on to tier eight here then. Nick, in this yeah. tier, we have Frankie Montes, so you dropped 12 spots. You have JT Brubaker, Coffee Cakes, Andrew mm-hmm. Heaney, Rich Hill, James Caprillion, Patrick Corbin, Ross Stripling, and Herman Marquez. Um, uh, okay, this is this is the What's tier the name, of parents in the bleachers. And, and okay. the reason it's called that is because they always shout on the field, you're doing great! And we're like, are we though? You're doing great, sweetie. <laughs> yeah, but we don't actually. It's they'll say it regardless. And like for like just, everyone just, in <laughs> here, I don't actually know if they're doing great or not. That's like when my mom was trying to be very supportive of me when I walked in seven runs in a little league game. That's a true yeah. story. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> you walked in seven runs. They let you do that. It was painful, Nick. It oh, scarred man. me. It's it's. I it's mean, very embarrassing. Th- the worst part is like you know there are some times when you're embarrassing yourself and everyone else is like dude it's totally fine you're just holding your head everyone is like uh it's truly is i'm sorry to like traumatize former jordan still but yeah everyone in like in the field is just like so bored out of their minds because they're walking everyone and nothing is happening jordan it was incredible because i remember after that well my coach figured out that he couldn't take me out because they had already subbed everyone in sort of thing. Oh, so they'd no. do like a, yeah. Uh, and they didn't have any other kids that wanted to pitch. This is like, I was like 11 years old. So I remember oh the God. coach doing kind of like the, t- like walks away, tilts the head back and just like groans towards the sky thing. We're just like, <laughs> Oh, Oh my God. Yeah. That's, um, you know, coaching basketball is a lot more fun. I'll say this oh, when God. it comes to like youth sport coaching, if you're considering doing one, just do basketball. It's it's the best. Easy. Easy peasy, beautiful cover girl. And so here we are, parents <laughs> in the bleachers. Um Frankie Montes dropped twelve because he had that blow up against the Rangers. Spin rate drop, like loop gate is affecting him. He did recover yes. a little bit over the weekend, but it's just a major question of like what are we actually expecting from Montes? Kind of the same one we had from Strowman. And I don't really see that giant upside, that top twenty upside like we saw before anymore. So even if it does recover to what extent and it's just not as appealing as it used to be so we dropped 12 spots 
Fair enough. Okay. And then also in here, we have a couple of pretty big climbers. So Caprillion climbed up 12 spots. Uh, what have you liked about James Caprillion? It's it's kind of crazy how good his stuff has been. It's a 36% CSW on a slider right now, uh, which yeah. is absolutely is shocking. Great. It, it's crazy. And I've always, I've, I've kind of considered him more as a fastball first guy uh, mm-hmm. and has gotten a 64% strike rate, which is fine. High called strike rate 21% that probably will come down. But seeing that good of a slider, uh, and at times the curveball has come into play, but that's more of just a rare called strike pitch than an actual strong offering. Um, yes. While his changeup could do a lot better. Uh, 22% always swinging, just a 35% zone rate ain't going to cut it. So it's really that slider, and he's gotten a good schedule. The the A's you know, should continue to have one for a little bit, and I can imagine everyone that has Caprellian right now is just going to keep starting him. So there you like go. Like me. There it is. Let's go. Yeah, I, lo- yeah, I love Caprillion. Uh, I watched him start and saw his slider, and I was very impressed. I think that was his first start that he came out and dominated, correct? Uh, well, he had... Okay, so there was Seattle, seven innings. But really, he's honestly had just one bad start, and that's it. Yeah. And that was at Seattle on uh, on the 31st of May. We gave up four under runs, yeah. Yeah. And three walks, it, yeah. Not too bad otherwise. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then the other big riser here was Herman Marquez, who's uh, taking up the rear of this tier. It's it's OK. I, I, I This is the constant battle of just is Marquez good or not for your fantasy team? Do you have an answer? Not really. No, <laughs> it's, a, it's a coin flip. It feels like from day to day, honestly. <laughs> He has two pitches over a 20% swing strike rate, and it's curveball and a slider. And if you remember yep. 2000, I think it was 18, when he had his ridiculous run, that was on the back of both his curveball and slider working. Yep. I uh, But it's just there are times he has to rely too much on his heater. I mean, that's why you have the, the eight or run start at Cincinnati. And yep. it's just a struggle. You know, it, it, it can be so, so difficult. So. Uh, it, well, he's had two starts this year with eight earned runs as well. He had one against, oh, that's and right. one against the Giants. Yeah, I forgot the Giants went both he's, of he's them blown away. Up big, yeah. He's blown way, I'm sorry, no, I'm sorry. The core it was cores against the Giants. I apologize for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I was at home against Giants, but but man, no, it's still he can be so good. Now I will say this: some people are like, oh, well, obviously Colorado's going to trade him at the deadline. No, I don't expect it. They can. They could. They might be able to get something out of him. By the way, in the last uh, six starts for Herman Marquez, um, he had that one blow up of eight earned runs. Outside of that, everything has been one or fewer in runs, which is kind of amazing. But anyway, uh, am, I, Marquez, am I reading this correctly right now? That in his last start against Seattle, that he threw his four seamer only forty five percent of the time, and he threw his curveball fifty percent of the time. Or is that, that a classification is, error? Uh, it might be. It's possible. But the fact that he's throwing forty five percent breaker uh, fastballs is a good thing. Uh, better than the fifty-two yeah. percent for the entire season. Uh, it's possible sometimes that you do get mixed uh, with uh, with, with the sliders. We get yeah, but I mean yeah. it's that's still wonderful to see that from his secondary stuff. Exactly. Uh, now they won't trade him because Marquez is on such a team-friendly deal through twenty twenty-four, uh, and yep. the one thing that's so hard to get in Colorado is free agent pitchers. No one wants to sign and pitch in Colorado. Maybe hit. But you gotta internal, you gotta internally develop pitching or trade for it. They're not gonna trade it away unless they're gonna get a lot of pitching prospects, which I would doubt, because uh, it's such a team friendly deal. I would imagine John Gray's gonna go, but yeah, if they really want to have a contending team in the next three years, which I imagine they do, 
Herman Marquez is just on too good of a team contract to give up. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, like the rest of this, I, I do like Ross Stripling being just on the list in general. Uh, <laughs> very happy about that. That was something that I called sm- out on. In, I called him out on in the deep and I'm just like very happy that he's here. It's he, great. He's just smiling back at you. Just like, hey, what's up? I'm here. Waving out, waving out the train window. Now, uh, if you realize, though, it's a negative two um, yes. for a couple of reasons. I mean, I will say it's a raise twice next, which is fine. It's pretty average mm-hmm. with Wander Franco now. It's, it makes them a little bit better, of course. But he has had a nice schedule. We've taken advantage of it. And now it's a situation where he's only really had his secondaries in one start. Uh, the last two have not been with secondary pitches. Just really his fastball getting enough done. Yep. And that's scary. I don't like that for Ross Stripling. I was really excited after that Yankees start when he had the cutter and the, and the curveball, or really the slider, the, the curveball, and the changeup working. And now it's just, no, it's that's not there. So yeah. I'm a little worried about the race here, and uh, I, I proceed with caution. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to Tier 9 here. We're actually crossing the border from East to West Berlin, going from Herman Marquez to Domingo Herman. Oh, I know, right? It's, it's, Was that pretty it's, good? It's, it's the Berlin Wall, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, so we got Domingo Herman leading off uh, Tier 9, followed by Zach Eflin, Logan Gilbert, Nathan Evaldi, Jordan Montgomery, Eduardo Rodriguez, Dallas Keuchel, and Cole Irvin. So we have a couple big movers here. Nick, what do we want to call this tier? Okay, this... Uh, oh, I already did that one, though. Okay, hold on, hold on. Ooh. I had... Well, I did it, I think, in a previous week. I don't want to say the same thing twice. Okay, I'm going to call it the Shell Silverstein tier. Because okay. it's where the sidewalk ends. That is, this is the cliff of where we're now getting to, like... Okay, I think in tier 8 was kind of where we're still going to hold on to these guys a bit. Now, tier 9, it's like, alright, maybe I'm not going to be holding on to these guys. We'll see what happens. Uh, this is, like, the end of it. So... Uh, the major mover here is Eduardo Rodriguez, who had good fastball yep. command. We actually watched in the Wander Franco game. His he got really had a lot of bad luck in that outing against the Rays at he first, did. and he actually had good command of that heater and it was working pitches in well. Kind of stuck around over the weekend as well. Um, Cole Irvin has showcased himself as a decent Toby, and that's kind of mm-hmm. cool. Um, but Jordan Montgomery, I just don't know. I feel like I got to be holding him still. I love the mix. It just hasn't quite come together yet. Is there a small bit of homerism in there as well? Oh no, like a tiny, no, no, tiny no, no, little no. bit. Absolutely not. Oh, do you do you not like this this Jordan Montgomery spot? I well, no, I, I'm not necessarily saying that. I'm just saying that, like you said, this is where the sidewalk ends. I don't know if I would necessarily want to hold on to Jordan Montgomery. I don't think I would personally. That's just preference, though. Honestly, um, and we look at his uh. CSW on like on his changeup this year, 31.2, which really isn't too bad. A 22.4% swinging strike rate on it, though. It's been pretty good this year. It um, has. I mean, curveball, curveball, has, curveball has a 20.3% swinging strike rate. So there's some I good know. stuff here. This and, is this is what I'm this isn't homerism. These are these are swinging miss heavy pitches here. 39% CSW on his curveball, and he throws it over 23% of the time. That's really, really good. 25% yeah. usage on the changeup, and that's a 31% CSW. It's just about finding the right mesh of this. This cutter has gone in and out. There are times it can be effective, but for the most part, 341 batting average allowed, and it just hasn't helped him enough to only 22% CSW. So the stars that yeah. Montgomery has been able to go really fastball, changeup, uh, curveball, have been successful for him. The more he can rely on that changeup and curveball to get himself strikes those, that's the thing, because he nibbles a little bit too much. Yeah. Uh, with the curve and change at times. Uh, so it's a little annoying, but I feel like it's there. I feel like he has a the secondary stuff to really bother batters 
and just working the fastball cutter enough to make it work. So it's not homerism because I, I can understand that the corner coming at some point with those two good secondaries. It just hasn't quite gone there yet. Fair enough. All right. And then anyone else you want to talk about here in tier nine before we move to tier 10? You know, Logan Gilbert got shafted. He got two innings this week. So uh, he mm. got suspended of a game. I'm like, all right, well, yeah, that's been fun, Logan. It was two good innings, though. I just didn't really see anything yeah. else outside of his fastball. But hey, that was cool. Uh, and Nathan Uvalde is a, a cherry bomb now. I've just listed him as one because what I, I just. When is he going to do well? I don't know. When are his secondaries going to show up? I don't know. It's like a 50-50. So good luck Maybe trying never. to guess which one. Yeah, yeah right? It's crazy. Uh, it's, it's been frustrating. I actually kind of liked him at the beginning of the year, but it's been hot and cold. Uh, yeah, let's move on to tier 10 now. Uh, in this tier, we have Jamison Tyone, Joe Ross, who I am not a fan of in the what? slightest. I talked I talked about him on In the Deep, and I do, I do not like Joe Ross. You do not like uh, Joe Ross. What did he do no. to you? No, as as a person, I'm sure he's fine. <laughs> I, I'm just talking in terms of like, I do not have any desire to pick him up in mm. any leagues. Um, and then we have following him, Nick Pavetta, Kyle Muller, uh, featured on last night's SP Roundup in the Muller Report. Uh, right. Edward Elzele, Zach Thompson, Tony Gonsolin, Danny Duffy, Matt Manning, and John Gray. Okay. What are we calling this tier, Nick? So this is the, uh, I'm going to say it's the the alchemist tier because you're trying to find gold okay you're mixing everyone's got a little bit of things that can maybe mix together and you can find gold in there okay so jameson time we i mean i've talked about him enough on this podcast i don't need to do that nick pavetta man i gotta say watching nick pavetta and against the rays i i watched a good amount of this start and there there were just moments when he just looked great yeah. It was just mm, 95 up and on the edge. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. there's a big break array at the bottom. It's just, ah, that's, yeah, that, that, that's, that's Nick Pavetta. That's the good <laughs> stuff, you know? And then, of course, he doesn't have the command of it. And then, like, two innings later, it's just like, oh, okay, but still, you're still rostering him. The strikeouts are there, and you're just hoping that the ratios are good enough. And, hey, he puts himself in a position for a win often. So that's cool. I. Uh, yeah, I love with uh, Kyle Muller today. If you don't read the SP Roundup, you really should. It's uh, If you want to keep up to date with all these thoughts that I have, do it every single day, every single pitcher uh, I talked about. Um, and Kyle Muller was a lead where he, he looked really good in that start yesterday. The command wasn't quite there, but the stuff, I mean, the curveball and the slider were both missing tons of bats. Mm-hmm. Um, did a brief video of it this morning. Uh, his his four-seamer, his command of it isn't quite there, but it's 95 too. I, there's a lot to like, and it gets Miami next. So I, I'm picking up Mueller wherever I can, just kind of seeing how long it lasts. I can dig that. You know, awesome. yeah. Uh, you, you must have talked about him in your podcast. You we did have. not talk about him. What? No. That's deep, but the like, he was eight percent rostered. That is a very deep cut, I know. But we did not talk about him. I did talk about Joe Ross this week, though. Surprisingly and enough. Let me guess what you said. What, what, not, what good, not good things, Nick. <laughs> What what don't you like about Joe Ross, Jordan? Joe Ross literally lives and dies by whether he can dot with his sinker, and that is pretty much it. Oh, really? He he gets an absurd amount of called strikes on his sinker, and it's yes. the only pitch that he has that has a CSW that's higher than thirty percent. Okay, so his slider is a pitch that's weird. I I like to think that more if he lives and dies with a slider. There was a start he had zero for thirty six whiffs that that will never die for me. That's just the yeah, funniest thing. Ever. Exactly. But then again, oh. he's also had some really, really good starts with the slider. He also is able to go seven, eight innings 
which is kind of cool. Uh, and yes, they'll, let, potentially. they'll letting him do stuff. I don't know. It, it's just, all right, Joe Ross, if you can keep building on this, keep improving with your slider, uh, this can be okay. Yeah, I guess my biggest bugaboo is that it just doesn't feel... I mean, yes, the slider can be good, but it is not always good. And when it is not, and he leaves that sinker out over the plate, he gets destroyed. I, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you in the slice. I'm not calling this yeah. the Fort Knox tier, because that means they're... Oh, absolutely not. This is the Alchemist no. tier. Uh, a couple other interesting ones here. Zach Thompson uh, is a, a plus nine, because the cutter was really good, and the fastball command was amazing around the edges. Yep. Uh, the problem is he gets Atlanta next. He's actually opposite Callum Muller, I think, in that start. Uh, maybe not. Maybe they're a day separate. But same series. And I don't think I want Thompson for that. And I believe it's also the Dodgers after. So maybe there's some longer term stuff with Thompson. But, I mean, it's possible you could succeed mm-hmm. against against Atlanta. It's just Zach Thompson. Yeah, it's not the chance I want to take right now necessarily. Um, another couple quick ones. Albert Alzelay and Tony Gonsolin each fell. Alzelay fresh yeah. off of the IL blister. And he's not quite in form yet. And I'm like, all right, I'll just wait on that. And then Gonsolin um, doesn't have a slider. Like I need, I need your slider back, Gonsolin. And mm-hmm. it's Dodgeritis. The Dodgers are like weird about his innings. So, yeah, yeah, I'm out for now there too. Fair enough. And then we also got a couple newbies on here: Danny Duffy uh, and John Gray to go along with uh, Kyle Muller. Um, anything to say about either of them? I know that John Gray got added. I think on the Twitch stream this morning. Well, he, he? wait, wait. Or someone uh, reminded you? I uh, maybe. I don't remember. Uh, well, John, I mean, John Gray was supposed to be here because, I mean, there's the Gray Matters article uh, that was SP Roundup uh, title. Where sure. He dominated the Brewers and it's and increases fastball don't from 94 me. and changed to 96. It was, I don't, right, of course, Brewers fan over here. Forgot. Yeah. Did you go to that game? Was that the one you were at? No, we went to the game on Saturday, which they won, which was did fantastic. I, I called the Christian Yelich homer right before it happened. It was fantastic. Did you now? I did actually. I have witnesses that you can you can ask Schwebzy. You can ask all of Schwebzy's other friends that were there with us. That... <laughs> all right, all right. Um, <laughs> well, the that. Anyways, but there we go. I, but yeah, John Green increasing his fastball velocity is wonderful, and yeah, he might be traded. So yes. there may be something to that, especially if he is above ninety five consistently now. I mean, Danny Duffy, we just don't know his innings, and it's so annoying because he was at ninety four, ninety five, and I expected actually to put Duffy like in the fifties or sixties. But the fact that like oh, the Royals are being super weird about this with Mike Matheny and he, saying that Duffy, oh, we're, you know, we're trying to get him back to that place, but it's going to be kind of strange and hard to do. We're like, wait, what? So he's not going to go like 80 pitches or so? Uh, that means he's at 81 right now in this weird purgatory. Love it. Okay. Uh, let's scoot on along to tier 11 here then, starting with... Marco Gonzalez, who you actually dropped nine spots, and I can only assume that you dropped him nine spots, one for each month that his baby uh, was in gestation. For. Hey, there you go. Lovely. Hey, Lovely job. congrats, um, Marco. I'm the new kid. You're on the paternity list now, but you're going to be back uh, maybe later this week, I would assume. Th- yeah, this is uh, we're essentially at the Toby of Toby section at this point. Like, yes, normally you would think that's where the cliff is, but this is just the Tobys. And I'm like, all right, I guess. Hi, welcome. So this is this is the people because we already fell off the cliff. These are the ones hanging on the side of the cliff like Spider-Man. There we go. These are Tobies. The, um, All the, the Tobies <laughs> hanging out. Oh, I'm thinking now, like, what do you um, this is the uh, until next time tier uh, because it's all the cliffhangers. Ah, there you go. There you I, go like I like it. I like it. 
That's good. So, so who's in this tier, Jordan? Okay, so aside from Marco Gonzalez, we also have Dylan Bundy, Griffin Canning, Caleb Smith, Tony Santillan, Stephen Matz, Eli Morgan, and Merrill Kelly. Santillan. Okay, good. Noted. I keep messing it up, so good to know that. Hey, Santillan's here, though. Santillan was actually really good in his last start, and the first one I saw, he had terrible command. In the second one, he went fastball slider, and it worked. Yeah. And I don't know if he can do the whole Waskari Noah and prime Alzale thing and it is more of the Alzale because it is 94 or so not 97 yeah uh, on on the heater i don't know if his slider is actually as good as those others though uh so i'm a little cautious at the moment he also has a tough schedule in the short term so we can kind of watch from afar at the moment and Caleb smith's here because he isn't doing the good things but he's getting the opportunity for the good things so if you see Smith throw 92 with at least one of his slider and or change up do really well, then you should jump back in. Excellent. Love it. Yeah. I mean, that's most of what we talk about on in the deep is just opportunity. Right. Yeah. What we need there is you're is. getting the reps. That's all we need. Uh, so should, love guys like that. You should have a segment called the opportunity watch or uh, hmm, opportunities. Mm-hmm. Got opportunities. Nick. <laughs> they have opportunities. They got them. Nick. <laughs> Nick, no, please. Welcome to get opportunities. I, I, I need. I, welcome to opportunities. Uh, so no, I get enough bad ideas from Schwebzy every week. Can you please just no? no you get amazing ideas from Schwebzy. I will not you, let you speak negatively. I was kidding. He's my he's my baseball husband, okay. and he's the okay. brains of the op- operation. He's also the looks. Don't let him tell you any different. Okay. <laughs> moving, <laughs> moving on to the final tier here. We got oh, tier man. twelve. We got Johnny Cueto starting it off, yes. and then Ryan Yarbrough, the Freddie Pirate, Sammy Long, Alex Cobb, Mike Miner, Drew Smiley, Dane Dunning, Martin Perez, and Chris Flexen. I know you literally just put Chris Flexen at the very end of the list because you knew that I was going to be co-hosting, and then it would upset <laughs> Schwebzy because he's going to listen. So mm, thank you for that. Yeah. That's a gift for me, and, and I appreciate certainly it. certainly is. Anytime. Um, now, the Chris Flexen's here because it's number 100, and number 100 is always a man of intrigue. It's never the actual 100th. It's always someone that did something that is interesting that could shoot up if there if it goes all the right way. Chris Flexen okay, had okay. a great start. I think it was 19 whiffs, and it wasn't on the back of his cutter. It was more so on his four-seamer. Hmm. Uh, and that's not the Flexen way. It was Rocky Road, so let's not go crazy. But, uh, but Flexen, all right. If he can, if he can have success without the cutter, then there is something to be said there because when he does have the cutter, it can be really good too. So, combine the two. That's why it's there. As far as the t the tier name goes, as we might go a little bit long on this podcast, as we uh, usually do. Yeah, always. I say as if I'm on here all the time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it is a we. You're you're part of the OTC family now. I, know. I oh, can't get man. rid of me. I'm just gonna show up yeah. in the middle like, hey y'all, can I can I hop in here? You did a great job stalling for me. Um, oh, of course, this is what I'm, I'm going. Here for, obviously, <laughs> I'm going to call them the Amish tier because they are not electric. Oh, I've done that before, though. Dang it, I've done that. I've done that exact thing. I was thinking it more of though as a, as a cart. It's though. all been done. <laughs> I'm going to call them the carriage tier, as like the horse and carriage. They're just not moving as fast as the cars. That seems you pretty know? close to Amish for me. Well, you know what? Get out of here. I'm calling <laughs> the horse and carriage. Okay. Uh, the fine. most also, exciting. Yeah. Can I just say real quick? Please. I think that you said that someone is like, it's like a kind of like a person of intrigue. Can we call whoever is number 100 on the list? The Austin Powers of the list. Oh, the, the international the, man, of man of mystery. Oh yeah. Who's Austin Powers this week? Absolutely. 
Beautiful. Love it. Okay. Anyways, continue. I apologize for interrupting. Uh, As fast, we'll then do his best. Yeah, baby impression. Um, (laughs) Sam Long, otherwise known as Sammy Long, but whatever reason, our data source says Sam Long. Uh, he's kind of interesting. He just had this bad start of the week and gets the, the Arizona Diamondbacks later this week. I think his curveball is really good. It just wasn't in his last start. Maybe it can return. So don't completely rule out that game against the Diamondbacks. As you guys know, just because he did poorly one game does not mean it'll be poorly next. As much as I try to sift through all of that for the list, uh, it's hard to tell at times. And Sam Long could do that. So very interesting there. Did you know that Sam Long is actually short for Samantha Elongated? No, it's not. And what joke is this? It's I don't know. I'm just trying to be silly. Oh, I, I was like, point. okay. They, they, oh, no. I just thought there was a reference. Oh, I like it. Though. No, like it's it. not. Samantha no. elongated. Well, it's it's, but it's brevity. It's, <laughs> it's the opposite. Delongated. <laughs> oh, I like that. I mean, I want to make long, long man jokes. That's what I want to do. There's a. I don't know if you know this Japanese commercial. It's a very famous one. I don't uh, know at all what you're talking about. Well, if about. you're listening, Google Long Long Man, and that's all I want. Long to Long Man. I'm going to Google yeah. that after we get off. It's, it's something. It's, it's very, very interesting. Uh, but, I mean, actually, you know what? I meant to mention Eli Morgan, the previous one. I'm sure people are curious about oh, him. Yeah. Hey, he just had this really good game with amazing changeup. His fastball command was incredible. And actually, he made a fastball mistake, and it got hit out by Chris Bryant. Like, that's how much he needs to not mess up with his fastball. Yeah. It's only like 90, 89. So I'm I'm kind of out on this. He needed to have that excellent changeup. He also got gassed as it went on too. It was way worse after 70 pitches. So I'd probably stay away from Eli Morgan, but maybe he can develop into that Kyle Hendricks type, maybe even Marco Estrada esque, um, and maybe that can work out in the long term. Excellent. All right, you just have one more person on here that I want to poke at yeah. you about, and that's a- that's Alex Cobb. Hey, I know, 70, I know Chris Webber. 70- okay, you can't poke me. That's true. Yeah. I mean, in a few weeks, I'll be able to poke you because I'll be in New there York. I will. That's right. I'm, I'm going to do it. Now, uh, just so we know here, it's like when they were doing the cast yesterday, they're both in the same room. So they were like touching each other. But, like they are real. You know, like I actually met my real life shoulder. podcast co-host. He's yeah. a real boy, much like That's Pinocchio. Amazing. It was a wonderful moment. It was great. Uh, but yes, I want to poke you a bit on Alex Cobb. <laughs> yeah. Please. And I want to know why you dropped him 17 spots. Yes, he had a huge blow up and gave up. What was it? It was six earned runs against the Rays in his last oh, yeah. start. Yeah. Um, why do you not like him a bit more? Because there is something that I've seen. He has a FIP of 2.64 in the year. He should be getting better results than it seems like he's been getting so far, right? Look, well, here's the thing, okay? His last four opponents have been... The the Mariners, the Diamondbacks, the Tigers, and the Rays. And what if I told you that across these four starts, in three of them, he allowed at least five earned runs? That is correct. That is something that happened. Yeah. that I mean, this is during a time, I think, that his splitter was working. And I remember watching that Seattle start thinking, oh, man, he actually had the, had the splitter going, though. This could work. And then <sighs> it didn't against Arizona. I was like, oh, boy. And then even against the, the, the Tigers, he had to throw 111 pitches to not even escape the sixth. Uh, the splitter was absurdly on, 14 whiffs in that. So I thought, you know what? Fine, I'll take him for a streamer against the Rays. And it was... Uh, it just he got destroyed. Yeah. yeah. So um, that's that's where we're at. That's where we're at right now. I just think there's got to be a turnaround coming, right? Because he was looking pretty solid uh, outside of, obviously, those like f- that four-game span. Um, yeah. 
Um, you know, if, sadly, it's always a win or a loss for, for Alex, and it's never a tie yeah. cob. Wow. <laughs> on that <laughs> wonderful note, I think we can probably put a cap on this episode, huh, Nick? Yeah, I think that's a good ending. Beautiful. <laughs> good ending Beautiful. to it. All right, yep. uh, Nick, I just want to say thank you for letting me come on here and uh, oh, step in Alex's shoes for a little bit. This was really, really fun. Oh, this was fantastic. Jordan, I can't thank you enough for uh, on short notice, too. Uh, just jumping in and hosting this. And yeah, it's, it's it's been great talking pitching with you, man. Everybody, give him a follow at Bunt Singles on Twitter. Listen to On the Deep. It's on the Pitchless Podcast Network. It, it goes live every Monday uh, morning. You can watch them live. Do it on Twitch too, Sunday nights, which is like the best time on a Sunday night. Yeah, I if you to... want to catch us on Sundays, we do Sunday nights, usually around 9 p.m. Eastern. It's on Schwebzy, my co-host's uh, Twitch channel. That's twitch.tv backslash Schwebzy. That's S-H-W-E-B-S-I. If you want, you can just at us at me at PitcherList, at uh, Jordan at Bun Singles, ask inside the PitcherList Plus Discord, all that kind of stuff. Go watch it. It is way too entertaining. You guys go from like 9 to, what, 2 o'clock or something? In the morning, yeah. Because yeah. I'm usually up until like 3 or 3.30 in the morning editing the podcast just because we literally waste so much time just BSing with each other and just getting completely sidetracked, usually trying to talk to people in chat. And so like, it's a fun time, though. I, w- it, I would love it, it if anyone else would like to join us. It's fantastic. All right, that'll do it for us this week. My name is Jordan White. And I'm Nick Pollock. And we'll talk to you guys next week.